This is the Taiwanology podcast from Commonwealth Magazine, where we discuss Taiwan matters and why they matter to you. Coming to you from Taipei, the capital of the freest nation in Asia. Welcome to the Taiwanology podcast. This is your host Guang Ying Liu from Commonwealth Magazine. Today, oh, we're going to talk about TSMC's Arizona challenges. Before we start with today's show, let's listen to a recording. Now, another part, however, is uh, so-called onshore, uh, friendshore, and friendshore does not include Taiwan. In fact, the Commerce Secretary has said repeatedly that Taiwan is a very dangerous place. We cannot, America cannot rely on Taiwan uh, for chips. That, of course, is, uh, I think, uh, Taiwan's uh, dilemma. So for our longtime listeners, you might recall these remarks from March, featuring the voice of Morris Chang, the mastermind behind TSMC. What is the dilemma he talked about? That's precisely what we're going to dive into today. So join us today on a journey to Phoenix, Arizona. Here, TSMC, Taiwan's semiconductor giant, is building an advanced chip manufacturing hub with an initial investment of 3.5 billion U.S. dollars earlier this year and a projected additional 40 billion U.S. dollars for its second phase. It's poised to be one of the most significant foreign investments the U.S. has ever seen, and certainly the largest for the state of Arizona. However, the road to this ambitious project has seen a few obstacles. From construction delays to labor disputes and even concerns about water shortages. And who better to unpack the nuances of this mega project than our guest for today? Joining us in the studio is Elaine Huang, Huang Yirin. Hi, Yirin. Hi. Okay, she is the senior writer at Commonwealth Magazine. With 10 years in tech journalism under her belt and two recent visits to the Arizona site of TSMC, including attending the tooling ceremony late last year, she is undoubtedly the best person to provide insights on this subject. She covers TSMC, Foxconn, and other notable stories, all the, the, the companies you have heard of. So, Yun, say hi to our, our audience. Hi. Glad to see each other on the air. So last time we talked on, on the air on the show was about your trip to India. Yeah, India. It sounds like decades ago, <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, it was only a few, a few months ago where Elaine was covering the iPhone manufacturing in, in India. So, well, it's great to have you with us again. So before we go to Arizona, maybe you could talk to us about how important is TSMC for the world's tech industry and for Taiwan's economy? Okay. Yeah, we could kick up with how important that TSMC is. I think that, well, Taiwan controls almost 60% of the world's semiconductor production including probably around 93% of the advanced chips. And from Taiwan's perspective, semiconductors are a critical aspect 
of the strategic and economic security with very entities holding positions like TSMC. Companies such as NVIDIA and also AMD and mm-hmm. Apple Silicon will use TSMC advanced manufacturing processes. Right. Uh, therefore, I think that TSMC plays a crucial role in determining whether the global technology industries can move forward su- successfully. Right. So all of us, if you have an iPhone, if you have any smartphone or yeah. Apple products, MacBooks, well, we, w- we would have TSMC chips in our devices, correct? Yeah, exactly. So without these chips, we cannot have access to our cars, smartphones, computers, nothing can work. So I think we have established that TSMC is crucial for the world tech industry and for Taiwan's economy. But TSMC stands for Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, Mm. right? Why is this Taiwanese company deciding to build fabs in places outside of Taiwan? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think they start their overseas journeys not that Recently, TSMC's overseas journey started in the 1990s. So that's really early on. That's quite early. I mean, in 1998, I remember that TS made an investment in Wafer Tech located in Washington State, okay. USA. And that's in the year of around 2000. TSMC also, I mean, had a joint venture with Philips in Singapore establishing, they call it SSMC. Okay. Yeah, in Singapore. So, yeah, in Singapore. So, however, the operation of the wafer tech proved to be a quite challenging and unsuccessful. I remember founders of TSMC, Morris John, mentioned wafer tech's challenging story several times in different locations. Right. It's not as successful. I remember experience. that story. So, what was the reason why wafer tech was not successful? I remember that what Morris mentioned is that, well, it's in USA, right, and they have the cultural issues and also the cost issues. And if they didn't produce enough number, amount numbers of chips, then they will have the cost issue during a period of time. So I think they, they have to struggle, operate the wafer tech during a period of time. Right, right. Mm. So, what, what, so what can we see over the past few years? What the new developments? Yeah, so I, I guess probably everyone know that the U.S. invited TSMC to establish the advanced manufacturing processes, I mean, in the U.S. during the U.S.-China tech war. And Morris Chong initially had concern to this. He believed that the USA was no longer suitable for semiconductor, especially manufacturing. So, but, well, nevertheless, that the global trend of the everyone wants to have a semiconductor manufacturing fabrication at the backyard. Mm -hmm. So chips become a national security issue. And I think chips are equally important as oil. So both the Europe and also the U.S. extended invitation to the TSMC, hoping the company would establish the factories in their regions. So in 2020, TSMC announced the investing, I guess it's around 40 billion U.S. dollars. a lot of money. Yeah, to set up a factory in Phoenix, Arizona, and later announced the plans to establish in Japan. Oh, so the Japan announcement came after Arizona. Yeah. And then everybody knows Germany. So, okay, U.S., but why Arizona? Well, I guess they have the maybe negotiations, but under the table, no one knows. We we only know that the result is Arizona. Maybe later on we could talk about... Somebody told me that if you choose the uh, place in Arizona, you probably will face the problem of water shortage. But maybe they got a guarantee from the government. 
Right, well, they will right. not have that kind of issues. Yeah. I'm sure there must have been several other cities or states that were、uh, trying to compete for TSMC's favor. But you know, every decision is a business decision. So after weighing all the pros and cons, Arizona was the spot, the final decision. Right, and it sounds like really a lot of countries are looking to make their own chips. So this reminds me of this the chip war we're talking about. So earlier this year we we published this book by Chris Miller. It's called the Chip War. So what brought you to Arizona、uh, this time? Why did you decide to go? In December two thousand twenty-two last year, you were there.、Uh, yeah, I was there. I was in 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 Phoenix and joined the TSMC the first two in ceremony. And it is never an easy work to to build such a mega factories in a desert.、Mm-hmm, in Taiwan,、true. TSMC they did build the mega factories in the sugarcane fields. Oh, right, that's, that's true. In, that's in Tainan, in Tainan, Tainan Sounds Park, Park, yeah. Yes, but but in desert area, I mean, it shouldn't be an easy job. So probably even more difficult. So I was quite curious about how the construction site looks like after almost. Ten months, right? So I went back to Phoenix this September. What was it like last year when you first went? Well, I could actually see the the mega factories there, but you can still see the construction site, lots of workers, and well, but it's a ceremony, so you see lots of big guys there, but well, still in a mass. So,、mm-hmm. but you can still see the buildings, right? So it's really in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a desert. It's still in the middle of desert. I mean, <laughs> you cannot see the mall nearby. You have to drive almost around, probably ten to fifteen minutes to the Happy Valley. That's、okay. a community near the、uh, TSMC. Right, and there were no there. there were no signs saying that TSMC construction site this way. No, no. no. <laughs> and they called it the the Fab. They called it Fab Twenty One. Okay, Fab Twenty One. That's the code number of the Fab. So, what did you see in Area Twenty One this time? Well, you mean Feb? Yeah, sorry, Feb twenty one. Well, probably we should go back to July. I mean, that's the Q two earning call of TSMC. Okay. It announced a delay in the production of the four nanometer process at the Arizona Semiconductor. That's Feb twenty one. Okay. So pushing it to twenty twenty five due to the shortage of the skill equipment, those kind of installation workers. Right. Technician, basically. Right. So you can you can still see that the construction site is ongoing, and this Feb twenty one ongoing constructing site, and you can see that there is still some projects、mm-hmm. and some kind of journeyman trade and workers there, and still build something. But the the mega factories, you can see it's rooted on the deserts. And I'm quite curious about after several months, maybe early next years, maybe everything will be even, I mean, completed. Right.、Hmm. Right. So maybe if you have the chance to visit next year, you will see、yeah. a complete factory. Think, yeah, because they say they will have a mass production late next year. Because it's、okay. the mass production is 2025. It's after the presidential election. So basically, a year from now, there will be some major, maybe just. They will start production, maybe in a year, something、yeah. like that. Yes, twenty twenty five. So that's something we could definitely look forward to. How did you, how did you travel? Did you drive in Arizona? No, I cannot drive. So mostly, I called Uber, and the driver drove me to the site. Oh wow! Yeah. So that, that <laughs> must have been 
really, really super long trips. I live in the midtown of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It took me around, well, probably twenty minutes from the place I live to the northern part of Phoenix,、mm -hmm. where the Fab Twenty One located. That's not too bad. Twenty minutes. Yeah, I think in in, in America, it's not a long distance. No, <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite close. I、yeah. would say so. How are the people in Arizona thinking about TSMC when you talk to people on the street or Uber drivers? What do、mm. they tell you about TSMC? Well, TSMC, right?、Yeah. I think last year in in December, when I asked Uber driver, "Have you ever heard of TSMC?" They probably had difficulty not recognize the word TSMC, but they know that giant factories, the company they,、uh, from Taiwan, came and they're gonna,、uh, I mean, invest. And also build a very big factory and bring the, the job opportunities to to Phoenix. Right, I think that's the one they they recognized. Okay, so that's last year. But this year, is there more awareness of the the, the brand TSMC? I think so. Yeah, most、okay. of the Uber driver when I told them that, oh,、uh, I mean TSMC from Taiwan, they're gonna have a mega plant here. Have you ever heard of it? And they said, oh yes. And we also had Intel in Chandler. <laughs> they also had a big construction site. Okay, there's a little bit of competition there. Yeah. So I think you know, a, a year on, there is definitely more awareness of the the Phoenix locals of、uh, the presence、mm. of this company. So、uh, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the concerns of water shortage and labor disputes. Welcome back to the Taiwanology podcast. Today we're talking about、uh, TSMC's ventures in Arizona. I'm your host Guang Ying Liu from Commonwealth Magazine. With us today in the studio is Elaine Huang, also from Commonwealth Magazine. Before we start our conversations, we're going to hear、um, Elaine's、um, interview with Nancy, a farmer in Arizona. Basically, the semiconductor industries in Taiwan, just like what I mentioned, when after everything goes to mass production, then they will face two problems. One is water, electricity, and another is talent pools. And the issues, I guess, probably also happened in Phoenix. Oh yeah, you know, we were told that they could recycle their water like three times or something. Yeah, something like But that. But they're still using such a massive quantity of it.、Hmm. So one December morning, Travis called me and goes, "Mom." Afraid we're losing. He said, "Let's have a meeting." So my sister and I came out here that evening, and him and his wife, and we all sat down, and we came up with some strategies and some game plans and business plans. And I think my parents were shining down on us that night. But so far, we're、uh, they're working, even though we still have struggles with water. You know, Eric, we're trying to choose crops that we can make the most off of that are short term, except for alfalfa. And that we can, you know, get make money off of quick,、right. quick money, and you know, so that we can keep this thing afloat, you know.、Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And my son has leased land in the Central Arizona project, and so he's getting Colorado River water. But because of Tier One and Tier Two, we've been cut back. You know, I I noticed that. Is that a kind of? It's a water cutback. Oh. It's a new, it's a water strategy, and. So, and, and let me tell you about that in a little bit. So Travis, knowing that he cannot make a complete living on this farm, 51% of farmers have off-the-farm jobs, and so he is a battalion chief and a paramedic at Eli Fire down here.、Mm -hmm. Now, so on this farm, we grow alfalfa,、mm -hmm. and 
For 255 acres purchased in 1930, all water sources, San Carlos mm -hmm. Irrigation District. Okay. All right, so we do grow cotton, mm -hmm. and this year we do not have cotton in the ground, and we have not grown it for three years. The reason is because our dam completely dried up. And, you know, I mean, we went completely dry. Zero? Zero. Zero water. It, for, it did it for pretty much two years in a row. So we, two years without water? Yeah. So, it, but we would get spring rain, a little bit of summer rain and a little bit of fall rain, but we didn't have rain at the right time to grow cotton because it has to be on a scheduled irrigation. This year, I'm not sure how much it's risen, but it's risen quite a bit. They didn't think it could possibly do that. But now they're back in that drought. We're not getting rain. Colorado's not getting it. Nobody's getting the rain that we need. It's been a dry summer, really dry summer. And so they do these drought monitors sometimes. So when you see one that shows we're not in the drought, everybody says, oh, we're not in the drought. There's not a problem. Yeah. And the next week, it might show that we're in the drought again. You know, like right now, they put out a drought monitor chart a week ago, and it shows that we're entering back into serious drought. So that was the alfalfa farmer, Nancy, whose farms are about one hour away from downtown Phoenix. So, Elaine, tell us about Nancy, how did you find her? Well, I actually Google alfalfa farmer in Arizona. Okay. That's the keyword I put in Google. But how did you know to look for alfalfa? Um, well, alfalfa, actually, it's a major economic props in Arizona. And I, I think if I want to know how the local farmers, they suffering from the water shortage issues, I, I could probably find one of the a farmer who grow the economic ropes locally. That's why I, I sort of put in those kind of keywords in Google and find Nancy. Oh, wow. Okay. So how was, what, what did Nancy tell you about the water shortage situation? Yeah. Well, before we sort of head into Nancy, probably I could start with how Arizona's, I mean, the current situation of Arizona's water shortage and where it actually get their water from mm -hmm. to give our audience a little bit idea of it. Yeah, I know nothing about Arizona's exactly. water. Exactly. Me either, before I fly to, to Arizona. So why I start with this topic is simply because when TSMC initially established a fab in southern Taiwan, it also raised concerns among the local populations. Well, semiconductor manufacturer process require a significant amount of water. And, and during water shortage in, in the summer, there were worries that it might affect lo local water supplies for residents and also agriculture. That's what happened in Taiwan during a period of time when TSMC start their building and start the, uh, the mass production. Yeah. Yeah. So Arizona is a desert state, as we all know. But uh, it's also known for its agricultural production in addition to uh, TSMC. It holds in, uh, also Intel and also various semiconductor and defense uh, industry clusters. The ability to sustain the agriculture and also the uh, semiconductor industries in the desert environment that requires uh, substantial water usage is, is quite remarkable. Right. Well, maybe I would say it's a miracle, I mean, in a, in a desert area. And it could develop not only the agriculture, but also the semiconductor clusters. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so the Arizona's primary water source is the uh, Colorado River. Yeah, and the state is one of the seven in the southern west United States engaged in over the allocation of the water rights. 
Right. So seven states have to get together and sort of fight for the the, the water. water resources. Exactly. You can basically think about well, six people. I mean, sit around the table and negotiate how much how much water I could get. Wow. Well, it's a little bit difficult for me to imagine this kind of way of negotiation of the water resources because, like, we came from Taiwan. We're yeah. an island. We don't have to negotiate with other people about the water usage. I guess. So the real situation in Arizona, in terms of the water、uh, scarcity, it's and and how it affects local condition is a matter of my great curiosity, and I、yeah. think that's why I I start to navigate the issue. So so when I was in in Phoenix, the city of the Phoenix remains in stage one water alert. You know, so the、uh, Colorado River is reclaimed to the tier one shortage. Actually, they're in a condition of water shortage for quite a long time. There was a drought. Exactly. So the city government is asking the residents to to continue conserving the water due to the unpredictability of the water drought. Oh wow!、Okay. Yeah, the river drought. No shower, no swimming. Yeah, you have to sort of reserve the water. So I already tell people how I get Nancy. So、uh, I took the car and it took me around an an hour to the Pinal County, Casa Grande, and that's where the the Nancy's farm located. And Pinal, quite Pinal County in in Arizona, that's the third most populous county, county and one of the U.S. top products producer of the alfalfa and also cotton. Oh wow! Yeah. So Nancy, well, it's amazing, lady. I mean, she is around seventy years old and a very healthy farmer. And her grandfather came in nineteen thirty to build such a farm, and it's around two hundred and fifty acre feet. Acre feet,、uh-huh. quite a big one, and she is actually the third generation farm. And also, she she also taught teaching the university in California, so she's quite a knowledgeable and also active farmer. Farmer. Okay. Okay. So so Nancy said that the、uh, canal was dry, and also、um, it was hit a low point in the year of 2021,、hmm. and the reservoir there was almost empty. You know. Was that a a result of climate change, or is it part, part of, of the... the reason? Yeah, part of the reason. Maybe I should say major reason. So last year, I mean, year of twenty twenty two, the Colorado River allocated water for farmer in in Central Arizona Canal Project. Unfortunately, Pinal County lost eighty percent. Okay, this year, I mean, two thousand twenty three, the allocation is virtually zero. That's why Nancy, it's kind of that's you know, bad. Why yeah, is that's it, very bad. Why is it zero this year? I guess it's because of the negotiation of the water. They have the negotiation, and they lost. Yeah. So Nancy took me to to her farm, and because of the water shortage, she already gave up growing cotton this year. Oh, okay. And and cotton is one of the major crops Nancy used to grow. So Nancy's son has eighty eight acre land growing alfalfa. Because of the water shortage, he gave up part of his land-grown alfalfa. Wow! And so I asked Nancy, "Have you ever heard of TSMC's project? And do you know that gonna be a very big? I mean, a mega factory is gonna build in Phoenix?" And she said that yes, I know that. And she's happy the foreign company brings job opportunities to local. However, she worries, you know. Right. And and she heard that one plant gonna need ten thousand acre feet water a year. And it it worries her a lot. Yeah, and that's a lot. So it, it means、lot. essentially in the future,、mm. the farmers would have to fight for for water resources with the you know companies. So, well, 
Maybe, but、mm-hmm. it depends on the negotiations、right. of the city centers or the states.、Mm. Right. And、uh, is Nancy worried about their future? Nancy worry about the future, but I think she even worry about whether they're gonna. I mean, the local government had the、uh, had any budget to help them improve the infrastructures of the water supply. I guess that's part of the reason that they cannot get、uh, the water stably. Okay.、Hmm. I see. So we will continue to watch this situation. So I, I think Elaine, you also when you were in Phoenix, you also talked to. Some、uh, water advisor with the Phoenix City government. How did that go? Yeah, I interview Cynthia Campbell, who is the Phoenix Water Resources Management advisor. And Cynthia told me that Phoenix is built for drought. Yeah, you know, this is a place where drought is not a new experience for the locals. From day one, they know that it's a desert. Exactly. So, so they have the regulation, including the requirement that. All the residential development has to have a 100-year shore water supply. Wow. Okay. Yeah, the local planning horizon is 100 years because they they think they they live in the desert, so they take things on a more extreme level. They have to take things very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so they do have the water infrastructure plans, such as the the drought pipe project to reinforce the、uh, water supply and shortage.、Uh, that includes four. Pipelines connected to, together allow the water. I mean, water from Colorado River, right, right, from south to the north to Phoenix area, and also the city of Phoenix also announced an advanced water purification facility to help recycle the water in the future. Oh, okay, I see. That's their plan. Yeah, so water reclamation,、mm. sort of. Yeah. So is Cynthia essentially saying, yes, we're prepared and we don't have to worry. I think so. I、yeah. think she she say that. And also, I had a chance to talk to the mayor of the Phoenix. Oh, okay. I did ask her about that question of the water shortage. And the mayor told me that they have an important program for the Phoenix area, where they secure a hundred year water supply before they allow any development. So the mayor said that the water comes before the development. Okay. So the TSMC work with the city to Phoenix. When they were deciding where to invest, to see what the long-term water supply was, and and to make sure they could secure it. So the mayor also told us that TSMC showed her an ambitious water recycling and used the advanced technology. I, I guess that that's the technology TSMC used to have in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. So we have covered also the stories of how TSMC. Is recycling its water so that we call it 再生水 so regenerated water. So I guess they're going to implement this similar technology in Arizona. Yeah, some something like reclamation. So it sounds like they well they try their best to the water resource management. Right.、Mm. Yeah. So it, so it looks like both TSMC and the Phoenix City government are prepared for the situation. It's not. A new crisis, so they have known about this long time ago. Yeah, but well, I think the the enemy should be the climate change, just like what you mentioned. No one can guarantee how much rain they can get in the future, right?、Mm. So I guess probably that's the big, biggest enemy they had. That's true. We have also heard that there has been some kind of controversy over labor issues, but I, I don't really know what's going on. So what did you hear down there? Yeah, well, that's the the voice from the local union. 
But the situation start, and I mean, we could go back again to the July earning calls. And the TSMC mentioned that the lack of the skill equipment installations technicians has led to the delay of the AZ fab mass production until 2025. They announced that, and the TSMC also planned to send some Taiwanese technicians to assist at the equipment and tool installation. However, this has raised concerns and dissatisfaction among the local labor unions. So workers and uh, the local、uh, labor unions have expressed the objections to the TSMC's descriptions of their workforce and also the reasons for the delay. Okay, they were yeah. unhappy. They they were, they were unhappy. Yeah. So in August, the、uh, UA Local Four Six Nine Union,、mm-hmm. that's the major union, started the petition to prevent visas from being issued to the foreign workers after TSMC said it would send Taiwanese staff to help. With the project delay, ouch! Yeah, so the representative from the union criticized TSMC's statement as an attempt to jeopardize employment opportunities in the states. Did the petition pass?、Mm. Yeah, I, I guess that's the their announcement. But when I had an interview with Senator Mark Kelly, I I remember he told me that they. Well, they didn't ban the the visa. They still people can still get the the, the worker visa. Okay. So, well, actually, I wrote to the union and they reject my interview. They didn't want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to me. I guess it's a little bit sensitive. However, I still visit the union, and I had a chance to speak to some of the journeymen who work for the TSMC project. And and he told me that the main problem between、uh, TSMC. And the local union was lack the lack of the、uh, communication、right. and also the, also the miscommunication. I think I would really think that for a lot of Taiwanese companies, communication with union is a、uh, very big challenge because it is not something that very that they're very familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So I do believe that there is、uh, some learning on both sides that that has to has to happen, and also communication really is key. Yeah, exactly. I I guess I interview at least two journeymen.、Uh, I mean, the workers there they all tell me that's the communication issues. So seems like the way the American did the project is different from the way TSMC did. And TSMC came with their experience from Taiwan, which they did think. That will work well in the U.S., but for the local workers, they just didn't work like that. So there's some struggle, and also the conflict. Right. I think time will tell how these issues will resolve. Yeah.、Mm. So yeah, how do you foresee the resolution are for these challenges? Well, I I think that TSMC is improving. You know, at least they they start to open talks with the local union and and try to work on the gap. Between two sides, which I think is good, and I also think that the Arizona experience will help TSMC's project in Germany while dealing with workers from different cultural backgrounds. Yeah, actually, from what I've heard is that、uh, TSMC already started communicating with the local chapters of unions in Germany. So、mm. I think early start is always desirable. But Arizona is not the only place where TSMC is. Building a fab, and we we know that also there is a, a fab project going on in Kumamoto, Japan, and and we also talked about Dresden, Germany.、Mm. I think that's really 
a daunting challenge for TSMC to manage these expansion projects simultaneously. How is TSMC dealing with these new challenges? I think they are still learning, and I think they they need to、uh, learn fast, faster. Well, because just like what you mentioned, they simultaneously established、uh, fabs in the U.S. and also Japan and also Germany, and well, that's the brand new challenges for for TSMC. The significant challenges in in terms of cross border oper- operational management. Right. And also the cross-cultural communication—that's basically probably the two major things they have to overcome in the near future. And、uh, well, TSMC will probably need to recruit more international management talents、mm-hmm. to well navigate this process. This is a necessary step in becoming a multinational companies. Yeah, and I think this is not only the challenge for TSMC, but. For many Taiwanese companies who start to operate their plants and offers the multiple overseas sites, they will also face the same problems. Yeah. So、mm. cultural challenges. I think they take time to overcome. They do take time. Yeah.、Mm. But really, the first step is to maybe adjust the mentality. I think that's the the, the most challenging part. The first step, actually. Yeah, because everyone stay in their own comfort zone. So the walk out of comfort zone, it's never an easy job. No,、oh, that's that's true. Well, thank you, Elaine, for sharing with us your adventures in in Arizona. And if you're interested in reading all about TSMC's overseas ventures, please check out Commonwealth English website for our in-depth reports. Our next episode will be online November twenty eighth. This show is produced by Weiru Wang, edited by Ian Huang. I'm your host Guangying Liu. Follow Taiwanology wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you soon.